In the news uh, in Canada, uh, we've been uh, we you. We've been talking a lot about the uh, Canadian uh, automotive industry and the shift uh, with electric vehicles. There's uh, uh, a couple of plants that are retooling, uh, uh, for example, with Stellantis in Brampton and with the Challenger and Charger uh, uh, doing the shift uh, with uh, electric vehicles. And uh, we saw a couple of, of initiatives like the Project Arrow uh, that you uh, you saw at the CES, uh, a project that was uh, composed solely of Canadian components, Canadian manufactured components, not a concept vehicle per se for production, but a big showcase uh, for what the Canadian uh, auto industry can do uh, for that uh, EV shift. Uh, Volkswagen announced last year that it was going to invest in uh, a battery plant uh, in Canada. We didn't know exactly where. Uh, now, uh, this week, it was the deal was finalized and uh, St. Thomas Uh, the city of St. Thomas in Ontario is going to get uh, this battery plant, a pretty big battery plant, uh, acres and acres, thousands of acres of land, uh, apparently have been reserved for this plant. We don't know exactly uh, geographically in the area where it's going to be, but we can appreciate the fact that it's close to Windsor, uh, close enough to Windsor uh, uh, to be able to uh, to make this uh, this a strategic uh, position and far enough from, from the big centers for... Uh, 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 employees and everyone to be able to to kind of afford the rent over there. Uh, what's interesting is that um, with Volkswagen uh, investing in Canada, it's it's not only they could have gone to uh, the United States. Some incentives over there are interesting. Um, during the announcement last year, Volkswagen said, "Well, it's important to diversify our sources for uh, electrical uh, uh, components uh, to be able to do the shift for electric cars." And it's been it's been said that you know they didn't mention any any countries or anything, but they said that you know we have we have to be able to uh, diversify those sources to not be able to to not not to have to depend on uncertain sources. Well, you know, l let's state it outright. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Volkswagen has a huge presence in China. Yes, we all know that China is a huge uh, producer of yes. uh, electric uh, batteries, electric cell. Yes, actually, the num the number one uh, selling electric car brand is not. Tesla, it's not Volkswagen, it's BYD, the Chinese company. Chinese company BYD, yes. BYD, which stands for Build Your Dreams. Obviously, you know, a lot of the batteries are made in China, Korea as well, huge supplier yes. for, uh, for batteries. But again, you know, if you're if you're looking at the, geopol the geopolitical scene right now and what's happening in Russia and Ukraine and all that and the tensions with China, and yes. like, it makes sense for any manufacturer now to to you know not put your eggs in one basket exactly literally and to you know have capacity production capacity elsewhere yeah that you can you know maintain the the, the supply chains and in case there's a, some sort of disruption yes and in case you know and quite frankly in case uh, uh, your 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 battery provider in in China or whatever decides that they're going to sell their batteries to BYD now and, yeah. and no longer to you or only so, sell you the uh, the the lower products and exactly. keep the best products for themselves so there's 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 that issue so controlling your supply controlling your manufacturing of something that's as important you know the batteries basically replaced the engine yeah. <laughs> you know so if you're if you're BMW you were used to build you know engines and so and so, yeah. so forth you built your own engines now it's like you're going to need to build your own battery or at least yeah. have a supplier that's going to give you what you're going to need 
for manufacturing. Yeah, and in Canada, well, well, we all know in Ontario and Quebec have uh, plenty of resources, uh, cobalt, lithium. A lot of companies are popping up now and everybody's trying to get in on the party. Uh, If if you're involved remotely in the stock market, you're you're seeing all these companies pitching uh, uh, these these ideas and saying, well, they have, uh, you know, uh, rights to to certain certain, uh, uh, places where where, where we can source the the materials. Uh, it's, It's a good thing. It's a good thing for Volkswagen because of stability. It's a good thing for for the automotive industry and the mining industry as well. But uh, you know, this plant could have been could have been somewhere else in Canada as well, uh, as you as you heard this week. Yeah, exactly. So we we heard uh, from uh, the Quebec uh, economics uh, minister minister of the economy that apparently you know Quebec was in the running to get to get that plant. But one of the key issues was the fact that the uh, the Quebec, Quebec government couldn't supply an adequate uh, level of uh, electricity, of you know, of, of, of juice current. That's, that's kind of ironic too. Kind of ironic <laughs> when you think that you know we're the the you know uh, the, the world's you know, <laughs> hydroelectric yes <laughs> you know power. You know, we're, we're we're one of the the biggest ones there. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's a bit of a shocker to yeah. me, you know, because yeah. I would have expected that we'd be able to handle, you know, the, the, the Hydro Quebec would have been able to handle that that kind of uh, request yes. for load. Yeah. Now it's going to be in Ontario, and we all know where they get it, their electricity from, nuclear power. So, mm. you know, it's a bit of a shame. But it's you know it's going to be it's it's kind of a lesson I guess for yeah. for bureaucracy as well in Quebec mm. and and kudos to Ontario uh, to be able to close that deal uh, and uh, in the future probably and it's going to be a pretty stable thing with Volkswagen even if the now in North America only the ID four is 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 happening but, but yeah it's but be a you lot know of cars. we know what's going to happen with Scout yes you know they're, they're, that's they, they they've bought that that name and that's going to be uh, in order to produce pickup trucks and produce. Uh, SUVs with electric power uh, with Scout and um, you know they're going the Volkswagen's already announced that they're going to invest two billion dollars in order to, to build a plant to produce those vehicles yes. somewhere on the east coast of the United States so <clears throat> if the batteries are coming down from St. Thomas Ontario that's not too much of a stretch yeah yeah um, also, uh, in Canadian automotive news, I just wanted to mention that um, uh, Nova Scotia and Michelin uh, have uh, something going on uh, that was announced this week. $300 million in investment from Michelin to retool uh, three plants in Nova Scotia, which is uh, uh, going to produce some... Uh, EV tires, uh, tires aimed for for EV vehicles, but also light duty truck tires and and SUV tires. Uh, that's pretty good for Nova Scotia as well. Uh, also in the news, you uh, went to see the Kia EV9 uh, presentation. It was uh, officially unveiled in production form. Uh, didn't get to drive it yet, I believe, but uh, got some details over there and uh, t- took a glance at the uh, Stormtrooper looks of the set three row SUV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I flew to Seoul because uh, Kia decided to. Uh, to unveil um, the Kia EV9 in uh, its home country of yes. Korea, South Korea. And I also um, ran into, uh, obviously, Karim Abib, who uh, is their head of design. That's at, right. At yeah, Karim local and, man. Yeah, Karim, he is actually born in Lebanon, but the fam- his family moved to Montreal when he was just a, uh, an infant. And he basically grew up in, in Montreal and became a car designer, worked at BMW for a long time, yep. short stint at Mercedes-Benz, then he went to Infinity and now Kia, and now he's the top man in terms of design at, at Kia. So with regards to the EV9, 
Um, when you look at the photos on our website, you will see that it looks remarkably <laughs> like the Kia EV9 concept, concept yeah. that was shown in Los Angeles in I 2021, I think. Yeah. And um, so it, it really, you know, the, Karim Habib's uh, design philosophy for Kia is called Opposites United. Mm -hmm. you know, so they're taking, you know, different inspirations and putting them together uh, in this vehicle that looks you know, very different than what you've seen in the SUV uh, segment. Yes. Uh, or even the electric, uh, the EV segment as well. So it's um, it's a really, um, uh, just that, you know, it, it looks very much like the, um, like the concept. And that's, to me, that's a good thing yep. because it's really going to stand out. Yeah. Um, so in terms of uh, you know we, we have no information yet on pricing mm -hmm. uh, we that's going to be announced uh, at the um, New York Auto Show because Kia is going to do its uh, first uh, reveal of the uh, production vehicle at uh, the New York Auto Show that's going to be its first public uh, appearance right so so we'll have we'll have some uh, some some pricing information to 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 give you uh, at that time. Yeah. But you know it's going it's um it's a, it's a really an interesting uh, vehicle in that you know we're talking about a large capacity battery. Uh, we're talking about you know a, a lot of a lot of range uh, for that that vehicle, and also we're talking about a three row mm -hmm. uh, electric SUV, which is you know basically. A, a big thing. You know, yeah. There's not that many competing vehicles that are offering this kind of. Um, well, still highly in demand on, on the on the uh, uh, gas powered uh, SUV segment now. Uh, the three row SUV is, high, is in demand, and it's a strategic, a strategic decision to be able to make uh, uh, this kind of big SUV with the same platform uh, uh, as the. It's, it's pretty much the same platform as the EV6 and the Ionic 5, right? Yeah, exactly. But with a you know a, a larger um, larger uh, battery. Yeah, and so we're looking about you know there'll be. Um, uh, obviously, an all-wheel drive version with uh, two electric motors with a combined power output of 400 horsepower. That's quite That's a lot. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And um, and uh, it even has a towing capacity of up to 3,500 pounds, you yeah. know, which is pretty, pretty, pretty wild. Zero to 60, they're giving us uh, American spec six seconds. And as far as range, they're looking at 418 uh, kilometers. Okay. So... Obviously, this is WLTP kind of range. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, EPA. It's going to be, be a little lower. Yeah, about by about about eleven percent. Um, so it's you know what really sets this apart is the styling, obviously the exterior styling, but also the interior because um, the first and the second row uh, are are built on rails, so you can move them forward, uh, fore and aft. Okay, you cool. Know, uh, uh, so you can ask. Although you can have you know, like more legroom in, in, in the second row or, you know, more cargo room. And um, obviously, you know, two very large screens. Um, and there's also a third screen, which is sort of like uh, vertical between the, you know, you basically have your one screen in front of the driver for driving information. The other one more in the center for yeah, infotainment. Uh, infotainment. So, but there's also a, a third screen that looks uh, more like uh, the size of a, a smartphone. Okay. And this will give you uh, some other, you know, other information from, from, from the vehicle. So 
In terms of the of the styling, it's it's very very uh, out there in terms of exterior design, yeah. but also in terms of interior design, and they're. It's refreshing. It's yeah. refreshing that they, to, to see that they they're going that that way with that vehicle. I also went to the design center in Namyang, and of course they took our phones and our cameras away, <laughs> but we were able to peek at some some stuff and some new products that they've got coming down the the pike. And let me tell you that the future electric vehicles from Kia are going to look a lot like the EV9. So if you agree with that kind of styling, okay, you know that it's going to be coming in smaller vehicles, smaller um, electric SUVs, and also in a sedan, uh, which is going to be their version of the Ionic 6. Oh, so, okay, <laughs> so, okay, spicy, so, I like yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. So, you, Well, you know, it's to be expected that they're going to do a car, yeah. obviously, with, with that platform as well. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see um, what the response is to this uh, this new design by Kia, but it's, uh, yeah. it's certainly bold yeah. and it's certainly out there. Yeah, and it's definitely a little bit Canadian because of Korean. Exactly. So that's cool. There you go. Um, next up, you saw, uh, quickly, you saw the uh, the Audi Active Sphere concept as well in uh, Denver, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. The Audi Active Sphere concept, you know, it's a concept car from uh, Audi. It's the fourth one of their so-called Sphere series. There was the, yes. the Sky Sphere, the Grand Sphere, and the Urban Sphere. Now it's the Active Sphere. And as you can imagine, it's um, all of those vehicles. Uh, they're all concepts, by the way. None of them are slated for production yet. They're all electric. They're all theoretically capable of level four driving. Yeah, if, if they can produce the technology for that. And um, they they uh, all have different, obviously, uh, intents or you yep. know, the, the basic, uh, basic um, different designs. But this active sphere is made to, uh, for, for the people who have an active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So basically it looks like uh, the top part of the vehicle looks very much like a sleek uh, fastback sedan, yep. m- very much like an A7. Um, but the lower part looks very rugged, uh, like an SUV. So, you know, with cladding on the rocker panels and things of course, like that. The, the, uh, variable ride height, big wheels rugged. and tires. Exactly. So it's very interesting. But most importantly, it looks like a coupe but it can transform into a pickup truck at the press of a button because basically the the back part the back glass slides over onto the roof okay. and exposing this uh, area where you can strap a bike, an e-bike, or skis, oh, or a hydrofoil, or things like that, okay. and carry that in the in in the back of the of the vehicle. So it's um, it's kind of unique uh, for that. And they decided to show this car in Aspen. Now, why Aspen? You ask because Audi sponsors um, the World Championship of uh, Skiing, Alpine skiing. Okay, and that was one of the races was taking place over that weekend. Right, and. You know, Aspen, I don't know if you know, <laughs> it was my first visit to Aspen. Oh, I've was it? Yeah. There. I've been there once and I know how, how out of place I was. <laughs> exactly. Because 6,000 people live there yeah. permanently. But of those 6,000 people, 50 apparently are billionaires. Okay. <laughs> That's a higher ratio than the city of New York. You know? New York is like, a, is like 130 or 150 billionaires, but uh, it's like, you know, 20 million yeah, people live there. Yeah, the ratio, yeah. So... 
so the reason, so Audi has a huge presence because they're sponsoring the race. They had, of course, in parks, they had the uh, outdoor displays with the Audi e-tron GT, with uh, the Q4, with uh, right. all of their, you know, electrified vehicles. But they also used this opportunity to showcase the uh, the active sphere concept. Uh-huh. And um, so it it gives you an idea of where they're going in terms of styling with uh, with their electric vehicles. And, and we know now that these, these four concepts, one of them has a good chance of, um, of, of making it into production, not in its actual form, yeah. but something that's going to look very much like that because the Grand Sphere, their, their flagship uh, car, yep. uh, luxury car, electric, that's going to be the next A8. Mm-hmm. So we know that. And the designer, Charles Lefranc, who's from France, uh, works for Audi at the Audi Design Loft in Malibu. I was told <laughs> he's working on the design of that series production. Oh, electric delicious. And he did design of the active sphere. So it's going to be interesting to see how okay. uh, how things pan out with regards to Audi and electric. As you know, you know the, the brand is going full electric. And so they're, they're, they're moving ahead with that. So... Um, all these sphere concept, including the active sphere, gives you an, an indication of where they're they're yeah. going in terms of uh, in terms of design. Okay, good, very good. We can't wait to see what's in what's in store for that. With the uh, what's in what's in the crystal ball or crystal sphere for the uh, for the uh, Audi. Next up for Audi for for the electrification. On our next podcast, uh, we're going to talk about the. Uh, I've I've been driving the Hummer EV SUV. I drove the Hummer EV pickup uh, last year, exactly a year ago, and uh, last week was the Hummer EV SUV counterpart. I can't say anything about it except for the fact that it's big and it's heavy, <laughs> and it's about nine thousand pounds, and it's very American. Uh, but the driving impressions are on, under embargo until the next podcast episode. So we're going to talk about that, and you are going to talk to us about the. Uh, uh, something that you drove lately, the BMW XM. Yeah, the BMW XM. That's the uh, again. Uh, we'll have to wait a little bit uh, later to, to to share our impressions with that. But basically, it is the second, only the second full M vehicle produced by the M division. The first one was, of course, the M1 uh, sports car, which was unveiled in the Paris Motor Show in 1978, and it ran for the uh, late 70s, early 80s. It was also the car that served as the um, a racing series called the Pro Car Championship. I don't know if you remember that. No, but, I don't remember that. But basically, back in those days, they had assembled a whole bunch of BMW M1s, race-worthy, and Formula One drivers of the time did a race in those cars as support races for the Formula One Grand Prix oh, of the time in Europe. Nice. So, so much fun stuff going on. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> so this XM is not a sports car. Yeah. You know, it is an SUV. It's sports performance SUV. Uh, it's going to cost a fortune. Yep. And part of the reason why they want it to cost a fortune is because they want to go head-to-head with things like the Lamborghini Urus. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. And the Ferrari Pure yeah. Sangue. And, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. all these... Uh, the Aston elite Martin, SUV uh, elites. DBX 707. Yeah. So you're looking at a very high-performance uh, uh, vehicle. Uh, but it's also going to be the first electrified M vehicle because it's it has also uh, electric drive mm-hmm. as a, uh, in conjunction with the twin turbo 4.4 liter V8, which has been retuned for that application. So yep. 
So yeah, <laughs> very exclusive car. Very exclusive car. And very it, wild yeah. design. It's going to be a big canvas for an art car, BMW art yeah, car. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. We saw, pretty much looks like the M1. <laughs> but we'll be able to talk to you about it uh, in more detail uh, at, our, at our later date in our next, uh, next podcast. Cool. Thank you for listening, everyone. And drive safe. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks for uh, the Car Guide podcast episode 11. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.